0: Live Creative Now, Episode 112. Welcome to Live Creative Now with Melissa Dinwiddie, a weekly podcast to inspire you to create your art and share your work. Because that's how you will change the world. Live Creative Now. Hello, I am Melissa Dinwiddie, passion pluralite artist, happiness catalyst, and creativity instigator, and author of The Creative Sandbox Way, which you can find at an Amazon near you. (laughs) I'm here to address all of your questions about living a full-color creative life, whether you think of yourself as not artistic, not creative, which is a lie, or You think of yourself as an artist of any kind, writer, painter, actor, musician, whatever, not artistic or artist of any kind or anything in between, no matter how you define yourself, feeding your creative hungers makes you feel more alive. It's how you change your life, and it's how you change the world. Because let's face it, when you change your own life, you are changing the world. All right, before I dive into today's episode, I have a special announcement. I made this announcement last week. So this is a reminder, if you heard it last week, I'm looking for you. I'm looking for listeners. If the Live Creative Now podcast has made a difference in your life, big or small, I want to feature you on the podcast, I want to start sharing listener stories. So if you have a story of how listening to the podcast has changed your life for the better, in some way, could be a very small way. I want to feature you in a listener spotlight. And here's how it works. All you have to do is log into iTunes or into the, I guess it's called the Apple podcast app, I guess it's called, uh, and leave a rating and review. And if you don't know how to do that, no problem. It's super easy because I have created step-by-step instructions over at livecreativenow.com slash iTunes-review. That's livecreativenow.com slash iTunes dash review. Technically, it's a hyphen iTunes hyphen review, but (laughs) livecreativenow.com slash iTunes dash review. Go leave a rating and review and then email me what you wrote. So copy and paste what you wrote in your review into an email and send it to me along with why you want to be featured. Why do you want to be in a listener spotlight? And you can email me at livecreativenow slash contact. Easy breezy, livecreativenow slash contact. That is it. So easy. If I pick you for a listener spotlight, we'll have a really fun, relaxed conversation, and I'll record it. And the recording of our conversation will be part of a future episode on the podcast. How cool is that? So fun. I will make it super easy and super relaxed and super fun. And that is it. If you have any questions, guess what? You can ask me at livecreativenow.com slash contact. And actually, if you have any questions that you want to ask for the podcast, I have a special page for that. You can go to the contact page or you can go to livecreativenow.com slash questions. Yeah, that's right. And you can even send me a voice message on that page, livecreativenow.com slash questions. So to recap, I want to spotlight listeners for whom listening to the podcast has made a difference. Just leave a rating and review over... On iTunes or in the podcast app on your phone. There's step by step instructions at livecreativenow.com slash iTunes dash review. Email me your review at livecreativenow.com slash contact. And if I pick you, we'll have a fun, relaxed conversation. And I will share that conversation as part of a future episode on the podcast. You'll be famous. Woo! That's it. Now, on with this week's episode. And I'm so delighted to share with you a friend of mine, Lisa Manterfield. Lisa Manterfield is a writer, a novelist, a storyteller. She loves to tell stories. I actually met Lisa because we were in a a mastermind group together. We actually met online. I've never met her in person. (laughs) I still have not met her in three dimensions. I've only seen her in video conferences and on the phone, Talked to her on the phone. But I adore this person. And she was working on her novel when we met years ago. And I thought, you know, everybody's working on a novel, not everybody, but a lot of people are working on novels. And I, of course, I'm a creativity instigator, I fully supported the fact that she was working on her novel. Little did I know that her novel was going to be phenomenally brilliant and that I was going to fall completely madly in love with this novel. But that was years ago, and it took so long for this novel to see the light of day. I wanted to have Lisa on the podcast because her novel really rocked my world And yet, it almost never saw the light of day. And she told me that she couldn't make it the book she wanted it to be. How many of us have felt that about our creations, that we can't make them what we want them to be? We have this vision for what we want, what we're trying to create. And what we're capable of falls short, right? There's this gap between what our vision is and what we're capable of. That was the same thing that Lisa was experiencing. But the idea for this novel just would not let her go. So she kept coming back to it for 10 years. It took her 10 years to get this novel from the original conception of an idea to a published book. Countless revisions, countless revisions. She kept putting it away, (laughs) but the idea wouldn't let her go. And that's one of the things that we touched on in our conversation. How do you know when to give up on a creative idea and when to let it go? Oh, boy. We touched on a whole bunch of other things that I think you are going to really enjoy and resonate with. Have a listen. Let me know what you think. The show notes are over at livecreativenow.com slash 112, because this is episode 112. And I will see you over in the comments, and I'll see you, talk to you, (laughs) talk to you, listen to you, whatever, at the end of the episode. Enjoy.
1: How are you? I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. I'm just... Sort of resurfacing from the from, the, from the, the launch, and you know, like how is it going? It's good. It's good. You know, it's not taking the world by storm, but it is getting really good reviews. It's getting really good feedback, which As is, it should, which is great. So I, um, I, I'm just just coming to the end of a marketing meltdown <laughs> where I realize I've just. I, I did a great launch and and have no solid ongoing marketing plan in place. So I need a plan, right? I need a plan. I need to understand this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And off we go. I'm not just this crazy, like, we can do this and we can do this and we can do this. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, everybody, everybody off the boat, everybody out the pool, everybody, I'm swimming alone. <laughs> I'll call you back when I'm ready. And also repositioning the book as an upper young adult novel.
0: What, what had you adult. positioned it as before? Young
1: uh, adult? Adult. 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 Yeah, like women's fiction, or adult, whatever you want to call it. And just thinking of going forward and, and being able to categorize and make my work discoverable, I need yep. to yep. be in a category that's much that's much less broad than yep. fiction. So, More niche. So And then my next book, which is coming out in July, because, you know, let's just get on with this, yes! yeah. is really YA. It's very it, – it's older YA still, but it's definitely – Ya. so i'm like all right so i'm gonna stick a stake in the ground i'm gonna call myself a young adult novel i'm gonna get my next five books or whatever it's gonna be our young adult everything around that all my marketing around that and then i can reassess and decide if i want to do something different or or if my books self-select into a different category
0: that sounds brilliant yeah yeah That's, I was just, I was just listening to a podcast with Joanna Penn that Mm -hmm. is like, so that's like what everything that she talks about.
1: Yeah. Because I don't write genre fiction. I mean, if I really wanted to do this the easy way, I would just write romance novels and I would crank them out and I would be a romance novelist and we'd be laughing all the way to the bank, but that's not I wouldn't say that's not what I want to do, but that's not what my big stories that I really want to tell are about. So yeah, I mean I wish I'd figured this out six months ago, but that's okay. It's all part of the learning process.
0: Yeah, the key is from what from what Joanna what I hear Joanna say, just keep cranking them out. The more yeah. books you have. Yeah.
1: And it's not easy because that's not really my working method to crank out. You know, Uh, my, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ponderer. I'm a slow moving person and I'm okay with that. I think things through. I, you know, I write multiple drafts. I let them percolate. I, you know, I, I just don't, I don't move that fast. And so I have to go
0: with, (laughs) I have to go with what I am. Amen to that. We're working on it. Yeah, we are already in the conversation. Oh, <laughs> the, I mean, the, do you mind if I use what we were talking about? If you,
1: if you have it, use it.
0: Okay, cool. Because oh, that,
1: I mean, that, if you want to push the button and and so you don't have recording. to edit.
0: And, oh, okay. It's already recording. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what I want to talk about is, I mean, this is great. This is real. This is a real conversation. It is. This is what I want people to hear: is a real conversation. It's not a staged Q and A kind of a thing. And this is a real conversation. Um, I love that you're that you're really clear about because I feel like I'm the same way very much. Like you, t- you call yourself a ponderer. <laughs> I I I got very clear a couple of a couple of years ago. I guess it was that I wanted to start. I wanted to try working in a faster manner Mm -hmm. with my visual art Mm -hmm. because my native way of working is so like ponderous, is so meticulous. I'm very into details. I love little tiny details that nobody, like I would decorate the back of a painting if it were up to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like the thing that nobody else would see, but some one person out of a thousand would turn pick the painting up off the wall and turn it around to go, oh my god, look at that. Right. And I would get utter delight out of that. Nobody would nobody would see it though, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would like labor over the tiny little detail on the back of a painting or the equivalent, right? And that doesn't pay. Right. So I made the decision. a a couple of years ago to, as an experiment to see, can I work in a way, can I figure out a way to work that's faster? And so I, I started playing with it Mm -hmm. and I ended up having a lot of fun with that. And surprisingly, I developed this style of working that people much to my surprise, well, surprisingly much to my surprise, people started responding to. Trust yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's something that would work for you as a writer. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, I it, don't either, but it's worth, it's worth playing around with. And I mean, and that
1: might be from a writing point of view, it might be short stories where you really do a first draft, you do a, you know, a, a, a revision, you let it sit and then you polish it and get it out the door. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I did do that with the with the novel if you if you remember when we last spoke a, a while ago that um, i had done put out originally put out that novel a small a strange companion as um, as a serial novel on my website, and I committed to putting out a chapter a week and the, the book was already written, but it needed a lot of revision. Um, and so I did that and I really committed to like every week, a new chapter goes out. And at some point that really forced me to let go of the perfectionism. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think we're all sort of (laughs) works in progress uh, and figuring out how, how we work and, and finding that fine line between, you know, our comfort zones where we're not stressed out and and it's still it's enjoyable to do the work, but also pushing ourselves beyond that to do something differently, especially if, you know, you're trying to make a living.
0: Oh Um, man, there's the rub, isn't it?
1: You can't make a living out of um, self-publishing one book every decade.
0: (laughs) No, you can't make a living that way. You might be able to feed your soul. Right, right. Different, different but you actions. can't make a living. Right. Isn't that the not that the, the 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 sticky challenge? Mm-hmm. If you do want to make a living from it, how do you combine those things together?
1: Yeah, and and you know, I, mm, I don't have a good answer, but I think it's either it's one of it, it's compromise. The answer is a compromise. So you either like we were just talking about have to compromise and change the way that you work and maybe push yourself a little further out of your comfort zone to be able to produce work more efficiently. Or you get a job that keeps the roof over your head that enables you to do your art just as how, just, you know, the way that you want to do it.
0: Right. Like that's what my husband does. So he, he has, God bless him. He has a job where he, you know, gets in the car or gets on a. We have we just bought folding bikes that we got a few weeks ago. He has a flat tire right now, so he's been driving, driving the car. But ideally, he gets on this folding bike, and when it's unfolded, and he bikes to work, and he's there for you know eight hours or so, and he comes home, and he, you know, work is out of his head, and then on the weekends he goes off to a cafe and he writes. Yeah. And he's written 14 screenplays in about as many years. Like every year or every 6 months or actually he he cranked out a screenplay in 3 in 3 months. So he can he can actually work pretty quickly when he's motivated to. Yeah. So that's how he that's how he's split it up. Me, yeah. I do it differently. Yeah. So, you know, it's like whatever you figure out the you figure out what you do for love and what you do for money and how you blend the two. Mm-hmm. But I also want to go ahead, go ahead. I, was gonna, I think it, I mean, I think it does put pressure on you
1: creatively for better or for worse to have your art
0: need to make money for you. Huge, huge pressure. That, yeah. And that's, that's a big problem because that's what I did for a number of years, you know, way back in the mid nineties when I decided that I was going to, well, in the mid nineties, it was a hobby business for me. And then when I got divorced in 1999, all of a sudden I had to fish or cut bait, right? I had to make a living somehow. And right. I didn't want to go get a job. So I decided, and I figured at the time I didn't think I could get a job that would pay. I mean, I was, that was really imposter complex, yeah. but I didn't think I could get a job that would pay me as much as I, I figured I could probably make more money, as a professional freelance artist calligrapher than if I were to go get a job somewhere. Mm. So I just figured I'm going to figure out how to make this work. And the problem was that I didn't have the tools that I have now. I didn't have the creative sandbox. I didn't have any of those concepts. I didn't have the understanding that I have now. So I didn't know that I had to set aside creative sandbox time, sacred time to play on a regular basis, like every single day in order to fuel my well, I didn't do that. And so I got burned the hell out. Yeah. yeah. And if we don't set aside that time, that's what happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you, you lose the whole reason for you setting off on this creative pursuit in the first place. Exactly. And I know, you know, in the last several months, I've been all about a book launch and the amount of creative writing I've done has been minimal, and I've i sure. been hungry for it. Yeah. So really, last week was the first time that I I really cleared space, and I said, "That's it. I'm pulling out my notebook, and I'm I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write." And you know, then the question is, well, do I just write for fun, or do I start work on the next thing? So,
0: but how yeah, do, how do you how do you how do you for yourself divide, you know, how do you make that distinction, like writing for fun or working on the next thing? Like what, what's the difference for you?
1: I do sometimes, um, writing prompts, uh, where I will do like a first line prompt and a ten minute writing prompt, let's say, which I think is the equivalent to your creative sandbox. Where I'll I'll do a prompt and it, it's just for play. And sometimes it turns into something I can use, or sometimes the idea, if I'm if I'm working on a bigger work, the prompt will prompt a scene that I that has been sort of in the back of my mind that I've not yet written, and it'll prompt me to jump into that scene. Um, so that's the play time um, that is really important. And um, when it's just 10 minutes, if you don't get anything useful out of it, it's okay. It just yes. Let it go. Um, but then, uh, I mean, you know, now that I've sort of switched gears into that from, well, I'm working on a novel and, you know, someday, someday, I will be published someday. So now, I'm in the business of being an author. So I'm, I'm really thinking, like, what is the next thing that I should write? You know, I have all these ideas of things that I want to write and will someday write, maybe, uh, or I could write, or maybe I'll play around with this. But I think right now I'm really thinking about what's the next most logical thing for me to work on that still gives me pleasure. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to try and write something that's oh yeah, you know, I, I have this great marketable idea. This is going to be it. This is going to be it. I, I mean, I, I'm not in love with it, but it's a great idea. I, I'm just not going to do that. Um, so I think that is part of my compromise as well. About uh, like I said, if I, if if the only driver was um, was money, was making a living, then I would I would put my book ideas that I'm passionate about aside, and I would throw myself into writing um, a series of romance novels. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that would be easier or that those books would be less important, but it would be a very clear, his a, a very clear career path, you know, a very clear business plan um, it would still be creative. It would still be fun actually. And I, I actually considered doing this about putting, you know, putting some of the other ideas aside and writing this romance series, but I'm not sure that it will give me the same creative fulfillment. So there is definitely that compromise. Uh,
0: but maybe someday I will. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me think, how, so, it, well, let's talk about the, the book that you just published, A Strange yeah. Companion. So you say that book took you more than a decade. It did. To, to, to write it.
1: It did. I told you I was a ponderer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to spend 10 years in relationship with a book. Right. Characters with this story. I mean, you have to be in love with it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You do. And, and, I don't anticipate that every book I write will take me 10 years. And if it does, then we, we have to have a different conversation. <laughs> uh, but this is really, this is the book that I use to teach myself to write. And I rewrote, and I don't just mean revised. I mean, started from chapter one with, you know, the same premise, but different characters. I mean, I, I rewrote that book so many times. Wow. Uh, and i I learned so much from doing that. I really did. So that was for a long time, my uh, sort of creative play and my really exploring and learning how to write a novel.
0: Um, so, yeah, <laughs> So that really was your first that's your first.
1: It was, yeah, it was. Yeah. And it's the idea that, I mean, I, you know, I put that, I finished that book so many times and, you know, sometimes a couple of different times I sent it out to agents and, you know, tried to get a publishing deal and just came up crickets every time. And I put the book under the bed and said, you know what, I'm going to write something else. Let's go off and do something else. Um, and I said, you know, I have a second book coming out in July. And the reason that I'm able to do that is because for two years, a strange companion was the manuscript was in a box under my bed and I was done with it. I was done with it. I was like, you know what? It's 10 years. I'm not going to work on this anymore. I'm going to like just put it under the bed, forget about it, go off and write something else. And I went off and wrote the smallest thing and worked on that. And then last summer uh you know, I was thinking I was really thinking about the marketing aspect and, and just how difficult it is to try and build that platform that, that, that we all are told we need when you don't actually have work for readers to follow. <laughs> you know, and I'm saying this is ridiculous. I'm putting all this effort into building a website and blogging and trying to get on social media. I have nothing to show anybody but a couple of short stories. So I decided that I would take the book out and um, look at all my last set of notes that I had that it was one of those where, you know, when, when somebody gives you feedback and you know that they're right. And I I was just so, I, I could not face revising that book. One more time <laughs> I didn't do it so under the bed. It went. So I decided to do it as a, um, a serial and I really I originally decided that I was going to do that just as a as a marketing tool it's like you know what I have this book it's it's not good enough but it's pretty good so I'm going to put it out as a serial novel and um and I'm it's going to be it's going to be a throwaway it's, it's going to be a freebie that I'm going to give away I'll put on my website I'll put on Wattpad but it'll get, give me something to talk about. And then I'll publish my second book and and all will be well with the world. But of course, when I dug back into it and pulled up all those old characters that I fell in love with so long ago, I realized that I really, it, it wasn't enough to just make it a throwaway story. And I really, really wanted to get it right this time. And because I'd written a second book, I had so much more experience now of how to put a book together and really shape a story to keep people reading, um, and so at that point I decided, you know what? no, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm still gonna do the the freebie, and just because I'm gonna, I need that as a deadline to get my to get this done every week. Uh, I realized that actually all those years of work and all those years of tweaking had given depth to the characters and depth to the story that I would not have had had I written it quickly. So. Um in the everything happens for a reason category. (laughs) I'm glad that I didn't publish the book five years ago because it wouldn't have been the same book. Um, Yeah. So, but it, it would, that premise wouldn't leave me alone, even though I tried to ditch it numerous times. It's, it's the idea that would come back to me that it would, it would, I would think about it. I would wake up thinking about it. I, go for walks and be thinking about, oh, what should i work on next
0: and that that project was
1: would always just come
0: back up. What do you think it was about that i mean what can you say about the premise without without making it a spoiler? That would you know what was it that would that wouldn't let you go?
1: I think that i a couple of different things. I think that i just loved the premise, um, and, the, and the premise that I can I can I can tell you that won't give too much away is it's a story about a young woman whose uh, first love has been killed in an accident, and she is trying to deal with the grief of losing him and is not doing well in moving forward. Um, and into her life comes this little girl, and she believes that this little girl is the reincarnation of her dead boyfriend, which sets her off on. Um, a grief odyssey, I suppose you'd call it. Um, so that just that whole idea of, you know, the idea that the people that we love might come back to us, I just think it's, I, I'm really intrigued by that. And I think that even, I think there's a lot of ways that that, that happens. And, and whether it's real or imagined, somehow the people that we have loved and lost stay with us. Um, and they show up in our thoughts and in our dreams and, you know, from from thoughts that spring from nowhere and memories and they, they don't leave us. So um, I think that's really what I wanted to write about. And then in my nonfiction work, I'd been writing a lot about grief and just about how people deal differently with grief. And I think, on my own personal journey, it took me a long time to really understand the importance of being able to grieve. um, And that, you know, this kind of stiff, stiff upper lip, British mentality, (laughs) is actually not that healthy. (laughs) So it was all those things. And I think some of it was just working through my own understanding of what it means to be human. And I think, a lot of that is what kept me coming back to the story of figuring out the story meant figuring out that for myself, figuring out an understanding of grief and loss for myself. So I think that's the thing that the two things that kept me coming back and the investment of time. As well. <laughs> <laughs> but I would have let it go. The investment of time was the lesser of the three, really because i think i would have had it been a story that i'd worked on for 10 years and and didn't have that really deep connection to it i think i i could have let it go
0: well i it was such a it's such a i don't know it the story just touched me so much and the cat's the main characters transformation her her arc as a character really moved me and I mean everybody every human being goes through grief mm-hmm. if you're alive you've experienced loss you're going to experience loss at some point even if you don't have a beautiful boyfriend who dies in an accident in that particular way right everybody experiences loss and the way that the way that you you handle it in this particular story is so beautiful and so nuanced and your prose just... Blew my mind. And I, and I have to admit, Lisa, when you told me, I mean, I've known you for, I don't know, what, five or six years now or something? Oh, yeah. It must be. Maybe longer. Yeah, maybe a little longer. Yeah. And I remember when you talked about writing a novel and I've had lots of friends and acquaintances who talk about writing novels and I've met people, I've had people give me manuscripts of their novels and it can be very painful they will give you the manuscript of their novels because then you're expected to tell them what you think about their novels. Yeah. And then you have to like either lie or yes. avoid them or, <laughs> you know, it's it can be very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was just blown away by your writing and not just your prose, but how you, the, how you have crafted this story how the the structure and the layering it i mean this does not seem like a first novel it's so incredibly beautiful and rich and the the whole um reincarnation theme is so sensitively woven throughout in such a way that it's not a, it's not a woo-woo novel. <laughs> no, no.
1: It's, I'm, I'm not a woo-woo person. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm woo-woo curious, but I am not a, <laughs> I'm not a woo
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was left with, um, wow, is, is this, is this person, the reincarnation of her boyfriend or not? You never, it's, it's left very open. And I loved that. And, Oh, I hope that's not a spoiler,
1: but no, anyway. I, no, it's not. I don't, I don't think it is. I don't, I don't think it is a spoiler. And I, I think that was intentional because I, I really wanted the reader to walk away with their own opinion and their own thoughts about, you know, love, loss, death, life after death, all of those things. Um, so, I mean, thank you firstly, for your very kind words and I, I really appreciate that. Um, and I'm, i am I'm very, very pleased that it touched you in that way.
0: Well, I also really like how um, there's no easy answers. You know, I'm really drawn to stories, to novels that don't give easy answers. Like, I really liked Harry Potter, but, you know, everything's very black and white. There's bad guys and there's good guys. And the world is not really like that no and no. and your book is not about it is it's very different it's not that there's bad guys and good guys but cat seeks answers and she seeks answers from individuals and situations and nobody has clear cut answers for her yeah. and i like that because that's how the world is she really has to find the answers in complexity
1: yeah And that's how how life is. Her her own answer. It's not a definitive answer. Right. It's not the answer.
0: Um, Right. And even when she thinks she has the answer, then, oh my gosh, there's so many instances where this happens in the book. She thinks she has a clear, this is, oh, I have it. This is my answer. This is the solution to my problem. And then in an instant, she realizes, oh, wait, no, I don't think this is the answer. Oh, it's so great! <laughs> uh, it's making me so happy to to hear you talking
1: about. It. It's it's very strange to hear somebody talk about your creative work that way. You know, yeah, I'm sure the book clubs where everybody like loves the book, and then you know, I'm in this conversation because I love the book too. <laughs> and then realize, oh wait, wait, I wrote that. <laughs> oh, right. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, oh yeah i i couldn't stop thinking about it D- while I was reading it and after I finished it and so i get do you know you know bookbub the yes the subscription yes. where you get um if if anybody listening doesn't know about bookbub and you love to read go to i guess just bookbub dot com and you can sign up and you'll get an email every single day i can't there's no way i can look at all of them and every single day you'll find offers for basically it's like a bot that grabs all of the um sales Mm -hmm. free you know free anything from free to i don't know two dollars and 99 cents or something on amazon and all of the other booksellers for Mm ebooks and i'm cheap so (laughs) anytime there's something free that is remotely of interest to me that I've, you can sign up for different genres that you like and stuff. Yeah. So all the genres that I like, I've signed up for. And I have read a ton of free books, and I've discovered a bunch of authors that way. Yeah. And I've also discovered a bunch of really bad books because most of the free books are not very good. Mm. And some are really great. Yeah. A lot of books that I read are in the middling, the middling range, but I read them because I need something to read before I go to bed to, keep, to shut my brain off. And it was such a treat to read A Strange Companion <laughs> because it's like, wow, really good prose.
1: <laughs> this is a treat. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks. I mean, the thing is, you, you know, I, I've bought best selling books and, uh, you know, books that people have raved about and I hit a point in my life where if I don't love a book, I'll put it down and I, oh, yeah. I don't like to do it. And I, I feel sorry for the book, but <laughs> <laughs> life is too short. Life is too short. So, um, so different strokes for different folks. I mean, yeah. I have book recommendations from people, you yeah, you're gonna love this book. And you know, you're like really. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you. I'm glad that, I'm glad that this book spoke to you.
0: No, it really spoke to me. And I hope, I hope that other people will give it a try because, you know, I loved it. And if, if they don't love it, then different strokes for different folks, but yeah. I loved it.
1: Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, we were just sort of touched on that a, a, a second ago, but there's been a, a very interesting side to putting my work out there that I did not anticipate before I did that. And um, you know, I think as as creative people, we have a fear that people will hate our work and that they will, yeah. yeah, and that we're gonna bomb out. Uh, and I have to tell you (laughs) that it's been just as stressful and uncomfortable to have people love the book. Mm -hmm. It was very unexpected. Um, and I found myself several times crawling into a hole and avoiding my social media because it is, it, it's uncomfortable. And I, I did not anticipate that. I didn't anticipate that. So, um gosh have i just have I just given you given people like one more reason not to put your creative work out there <laughs> because no, I think it is i mean it's 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 a very complex business being a creative individual um putting your work a little slice of yourself out in the world
0: absolutely it's, I think it's you know that's one of the reasons why when i'm just thinking like as a, from a performer standpoint how many times have i gone to i don't know an open mic or something and said to somebody god i loved i loved your performance and their response is oh my god i sucked because you know we're we're our own worst critics right yeah. and yeah. it is so profoundly uncomfortable to put yourself out there to be in the spotlight and have somebody else give you a compliment yeah, it is so profoundly
1: uncomfortable. It is. Yeah, it's wonderful after the fact in the privacy of your of your little dark hall. It's like, oh wow, they really love that. That's so great. Um, and you know, after we're done with this call, when my husband gets home, I'm going to go. Guess what Melissa said about my. <laughs> <baby?"> <laughs> but but it, there's a discomfort level there too. There yeah. really is. But yeah. uh, but it's a, it's a good. I'll take that over the the other discomfort of people going, this is your book? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I'll, I'll take this com- discomfort over that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Um, okay, one more thing I wanted to to touch on before we get to our something cool. Mm. And that is how do you know when to give up on something and when to push on. How did you, how do you know, like, oh my God, I've had this, I've had this idea in my head for 10 years. How do you know when to stick with it and when to just leave it under the bed?
1: I think, uh, I think the first step is to be willing to put it under the bed in the first place to, I, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's that little thing, Thin gray patch where you know if you push on, you you might break through and, and and figure out what's not working. But at some point, I think you you need to be okay with putting something aside, working on something else, uh, putting that out of your mind. But I think if that thing just keeps calling to you, if it if it keeps coming back to you, then then you need to listen to it and. I'm, and figure out what it is and if it's just that well I've invested so much time in this that it would be a waste if I don't put it out there then that's I don't think that's the reason to pick it up again but if you keep thinking about that story or that piece of work or that that song or whatever it is that you create and you know, you just know that there's something there. I mean, this arrow glass has a great, I'm sure you've, you've, you've seen it. He has a great little uh, piece that he does. He, he talks about um, sort of the creative learning curve, the gap, uh, the gap. Yeah. The gap. Um, And I think for me, this book had my vision of what it could be was, so much greater than my ability to create that for a long time. Um, But there was something about the book that I just, something about the story and the characters that I just knew I loved. And I knew, I knew I had something there. I just didn't have the ability to do it. So I think that, you know, to keep practicing and keep learning and keep getting better and keep being willing to put things aside and work on something else But if it's that idea, I mean, especially with a book, you have to live with it for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, And perhaps with any creative venture, you know, once it's out there, it has a life of its own, but you still have to live with it. You have to tend to it. (laughs) You have to um, talk about it and and talk to people who experienced it. So you have to live with it for a long time. And if you don't love it, it's going to be a very uncomfortable ride.
0: That's so um, true.
1: But I have manuscripts under my bed that will never see the light of day.
0: In, story, entire manuscripts? Like uh, full yeah. novels? I do, yeah. Yeah, they, not including the many versions of this. But. <laughs> did they come be, before or after The Strange Companions? Uh,
1: they came after. And did, This did was you, the very first thing that I tried to write
0: wow. as a complete work. And... Do you feel like this published version of A Strange Companion, do you feel like this is the book that you wanted it to be? Or do you feel like there's still a gap?
1: I think that this, hmm. I think if I took the book back in now and read it, I would make changes. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that would probably happen forever, yeah I think that it is not as um sprawling a story as I had originally envisioned it um and I think that's I think that's good. It would be a very different type of book. It's a much more compact story, but much deeper
0: wow, mm. um,
1: so I am very pleased that this is the final version of it. I'm very pleased
0: is a the, nice thing to be able to say
1: it is yeah it's not like i say it's not perfect i mean i'm looking at it i'm looking at a copy on my desk right now <laughs> and i know if i opened it up i would make i'm not just talking about edits i'm talking about revisions there are things yeah, yeah i would that there are things that i would change yeah but at some point you have to let it go you well you
0: go. patty die who is uh Hero and mentor of mine, and a, a best selling author. She had the way she puts it as a book is never finished, Mm-mm. it's only published. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way about my book. I'm very, as it, my book is not fiction, it's not a story, but I'm very pleased with it. Yes, and if I were to do it again, I'm sure it would be quite different. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm proud of this book and that is a really good feeling
0: yeah that is a really good feeling
1: is it perfect no no are there people that are going to hate it and think I'm a hack probably
0: probably but you can't Uh, ever uh, control uh, that no no No. I mean you could be you could be a freaking Nobel Prize winner and there would be somebody out there who would hate it and think you're a
1: hack absolutely (laughs) absolutely
0: you cannot control that
1: no yeah you so i am pleased and i am proud of it and i think that's that's about as much as you can ask of it
0: yeah that's fantastic yeah that and that as as a fellow author and this is something that i am so phenomenally still kind of marveling at the fact that i can say that about myself <laughs> <laughs> that is something to be I mean, that is not something to sneeze at. That's a big deal. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. That's it, a big deal to get to get a bunch of words together in a state <laughs> that you can actually publish them mm-hmm. and say, I am proud of this. Yeah. Send them out into the world. It's kind of like I would imagine not being a parent. I would imagine, you know, like sending your child off to kindergarten. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's funny you should say that because I, when I when the book came out, I, I I wrote about this in a I think in a newsletter post. I had some serious empty nest syndrome because oh, yeah. I've been raising this book for 10, 10 years and now it's gone. And I've done all I can to make it a decent. You know the, the the literary equivalent of a decent human being. Yes, <laughs> and oh sent gosh. it out, and there was you know for for about a week after it was gone. I you know i was just sat in my desk and I I I don't know what to do. Oh my god,
0: yeah, I
1: can't work on it anymore. It's,
0: <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah. No, I I wasn't working on mine for ten years, but I did form the intention to write and publish a book. I mean, I'd had it as a fantasy for many, many years. And I formed the intention, oh my God, I have to write a book five years before. And I started working in earnest really, well, really working in earnest was really only three months. I mean, I had the content, I had written tons of content before, for, for several years, yeah, and but the, but not necessarily with oh this is going to go into this book, yes. So it was it was three months of serious like head down blinders on, mm-hmm. yeah. And so it was this feeling of oh my god now what do I do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
1: funny you should say that actually because I mean the the process with this book was similar that I worked on it you know for all those years and then it was last, probably July last summer that I said, you know what? That's it. I'm revising this for the last time. I'm going to, I'm going to get an editor. I'm, you know, I'm going to work with somebody. I'm going to rewrite it. I'm going to get an editor. I'm going to get a proofreader. I'm going to publish it. Done. And it came out in April. So that was what, 10 months, about nine, nine to 10 months. So after all those years, yeah. The actual intense period was, was about, it was about, yeah, it was about 40 weeks. It was about a long time to gestate, <laughs> And it was out and gone. Um, yeah. So it's, it's crazy. And I, I wonder how often it's like that for people of years and years of thinking and planning and preparing. And then, and then the, the final, you know, the, the final creative act
0: is <laughs> then you get serious and then it's like, yeah. all right, this is happening. This is real. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: That's fun. That's fun. I wouldn't do anything else.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I I would love to just write books mm. and give speeches and lead mm-hmm. retreats and, yeah. and do my podcast. That would, that would that basically, that'd be a great life. Yeah. All right, my dear, let's uh, let's do our Something Cools.
1: All right. Well, I have, it's two cools, but I use them together. So um, even though it's not video, I'm going to show you. Uh, <laughs> okay. I love my Bucky 40 Blinks Sleep Mask. It looks like a tiny oh, mini bra. It does. It does. <laughs> so this is, it's made from, what is it made from? Some kind of like contoured, foam i don't know exactly but it has it's shaped like a little brassiere um so that it has cups that go over your eyes so that you your blinking your rapid eye movement while you're sleeping is not interfered nice. and the edges sort of stick around your eyes and i i love my sleep and we've we've tried to have a um a no electronics policy in the bedroom. And we have managed that for quite some time. Um, but I am really got into meditation apps and I have a lovely, uh, you know, sleep apps that I like um, audio books. And so gradually our electronics have snuck back into the bedroom. <laughs> um, but I love to sleep in darkness. So my Bucky sleep mask is the best thing since sliced bread. And this is, I think perhaps my seventh or eighth that I've purchased because every time somebody sees it they're like oh that's so cool and so I donate it and get another <laughs> one but I've actually worn a couple out and then along with that I have my badger organic lavender and bergamot sleep balm and it's like oh. a little I wish you I wish you could smell it here
0: that's mm, i wish i could a too. like
1: a lip balm but you can put it put it I better not put it on now obviously put it on your lips or on your temples or on your pulse points and every time i take the lid off it smells like sleep like oh really peaceful sleep and it is very
0: cool i can practically smell it through that's my closure. monitor
1: yeah so that there that's my something cool it's all about the sleep Oh, great! I think we'll break from food this time, and um, the next best I, thing to food is sleep.
0: I'm gonna have to get. You're gonna have to send me a, a snapshot of I those will. guys and links if you have them. I will. I would Fantastic. love to do that. Great. Yeah. Mm. Well, my something cool is almost almost kind of related to those, sort of tangentially. I so I ha- actually was. Went through a yoga teacher training back in 2008, I think it was. And I actually worked for like four months as a yoga teacher till I realized like, oh, something has to give. And so I quit and I have not worked as a yoga teacher ever since then. Um, So you would think that I could give myself a yoga class Mm -hmm. every day, but no, I am very lazy and I want someone else to give me a yoga class but I don't want to get in my car. Right. So I have not been doing yoga for a very long time. And it just occurred to me a few weeks ago, like, there's got to be an app. There's got to be an app that would just give me a yoga class and I actually have some recordings of yoga classes from teachers, local teachers, but I don't want to have to do the same darn class every mm-hmm. single day. Right. And I also don't always want to do an hour long class. Right. So Ooh. I went up, <laughs> the, uh, I whatever it is, the iTunes Apple Store, whatever it is, the app store, and I found an app called Down Dog. And if you this is not good for if you are a total beginner yoga person, but if you have some yoga experience and you know how to modify poses for your own body and you do not need a video of somebody showing you exactly what to do, this app is great. It does show photos of what it, what it is, is you plug in how long you want your your yoga sequence to be your little class or whatever it is so like 15 minutes mm-hmm. 20 30 an hour however long you want it to be you plug it in type it in or you know i think it's a little dial thing and um, i can't i can't remember there's a few different questions that you answer and if you, there's a that's the there's a free version and then there's a paid version i just have the free version and then uh, the, pay, the premium version, you can select different kinds of music that you want. I think it's just alt music is the default for the yeah. free version. And this very nice woman's voice, <laughs> um, after it, it does these little calculations, and it comes up with a custom sequence that randomizes. So every day, if you have, say, a 15-minute yoga class, every day it'll be different. That's fantastic. Great. Because I don't want to do the same darn class every single day. Yeah. And so can full confession, I've actually only used it once (laughs) so far (laughs) because we're in the middle of a kitchen renovation and it's a full-time job and there's always somebody knocking at the door at eight in the morning, but it was fantastic. So it actually got me to do a little tiny 15 minute Yoga class?
1: That sounds so great. I'm looking at my I have my yoga mat right here. I have a patch of floor. on 15 minutes. I can manage 15 minutes.
0: Exactly. So,
1: you're right. Schlepping off to, you know, an hour and 15 yoga class and getting right.
0: And, yeah. and it's going to take you 15 or 20 minutes to drive there and 15 or 20 minutes to drive yeah. back. Yeah. So this way, I can just roll out my yoga mat right in my bedroom because that's like you know, the bedroom and the studio are the only spaces that are free at the moment because the downstairs is filled with stuff. (laughs) So I am so excited about Down Dog app. So that's my something cool this week. I'm going
1: to check that out.
0: Yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your writerly creative wisdom and sharing your something cools and It's just wonderful to talk to you as always.
1: It was so great to talk to you. It's always, it's always so fun to just sit and
0: chat. Always is. We'll have to do it again sometime very soon.
1: Well, I would love that. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for the invitation.
0: Thank you for joining me and um, let's talk soon. All
1: right. Take care.
0: You too. Bye. Bye. That's it. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're getting value out of this podcast, share it with a friend and don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review and email it to me if you would like to be considered for a listener spotlight. That's it. Until next time, thanks again for joining me and go get creating. Subscribe at livecreativenow.com. Why don't we
1: just get real jobs where we don't have to worry about this
0: stuff? (laughs) Seriously. Oh, my God. That's going to go into a blooper. That's so weird. Okay. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. I love it.